welcome to the Think MHK podcast presented by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. On this podcast, you will hear about a variety of local matters pertaining to the business community. You also hear from local business owners to hear their story and gain valuable business insights. Thanks for tuning in today. We have a special guest with us on the Think MHK podcast today, one of our the newest business businesses in Manhattan, uh, Radiation Detection Technologies. We have Stephen Belliger, the president and CEO. Hey, Stephen, how are you? I'm doing good. Newest in a way, right? It's uh, maybe even 11 years since oh, we wow. started. Oh, wow. So that. I didn't realize that. So we'll talk a little about that in a minute, but I didn't realize you you just spun out of your your location at the university. Right. And so your, your new growing. facility, you're growing. So great to have you with us today. So we always ask our guests to tell us a little bit about themselves and how they came to Manhattan and to be part of the company. So how did you end up in Manhattan with RDT? Sure. I grew up around here. So I went to grade school, Manhattan Catholic schools. I actually went to Rock Creek High School. I was born and raised a farm boy. So we have land that we still farm on the family farm just out there on Lake Elbow Road. And so I've grown and known this place as my home all my life. I have traveled a little bit here and there uh, outside of that, just on internships and whatnot. But uh it's hard to leave Manhattan. Talk a little bit about RDT and, and how it was founded. So RDT was founded in pretty much the end of 2011, officially January 2012. The idea was I was finishing out my PhD in nuclear engineering at Kansas State University. Found there's quite a few pieces of technology that was developed in the lab there that folks weren't picking up in the radiation detection industry. Some of that's because that industry is slow to adopt. Some of that's because folks just weren't wanting to manufacture it because the market size wasn't big enough or the amount of money that one would collect is not big enough. So started a small company with a few other folks to be able to take those academic technologies and build them at a smaller scale and then offer them to industry as well as government. So a lot of our business is done with the DOD and through the government DOE as well. How did you grow over the, the decade? Because we just came, became aware of you a couple of years ago. Sure. Yeah, we were running in stealth mode apparently. Uh, so we had grown over the past 11 years or so through research dollars SBR, STTR type of funds through the federal government as well as commercial sales. And we started out with one person and then two people and three people. And then now we're up to 17 people. And a lot of the work we've done up until recent years was probably 80% contract research for the government, U.S. government primarily. And a lot of that was for Department of Defense and Department of Energy type of technologies. And so we were taking technologies that were developed at Kansas State University, at University of Missouri, Kansas City, Washington State University, and a few other universities, and commercializing those technologies. And commercialization is not trivial. It takes quite a bit to take something that, sure, you can do a one-off in the lab, but then being able to take that technology manufacture it at scale, but also do it at a cost that the, or a price that the customer is willing to accept. And you were doing this work primarily on campus. On primarily Kansas on campus. State. So Kansas State University has a semiconductor processing facility in Ward Hall. And that facility itself was paid for by the Department of Defense. 
and that was to do scale up and other innovative type of semiconductor device, primarily focused on radiation detection, but we've leveraged it for many other things, which I'll get into here in a little bit. Uh, but that facility was made available to us as a leased facility, along with other folks. There's other folks at the university and as well as industry that can come in and use that facility to do uh, R&D and commercial work. But we have used it over the past 11 years to do commercial work as well as contract R&D, where we work with the university through the Small Business Innovative Research Grants, where a portion of that money goes to the small business, RDT, and a portion of that goes to the university to support graduate students, undergraduate students, and faculty. But you recently announced that you were going to be moving into a new facility. What's that facility going to look like? Where is it going to be located? So that facility we put up back in 2020 with the expectation that we were going to grow into that. And so in last year, 2022, we were awarded some base grant money from the state of Kansas, which we're very appreciative for. And we would take that money over this year and last year and essentially install a clean room facility that has semiconductor processing equipment in it. Actually, the clean room will be installed in the middle of May is when we start kicking that off. And so we have the building and the concrete and the utility, but we have yet to expand out capability there until you know, we were recently awarded that grant uh, to put in that semiconductor clean room. And so you'll be able to to grow your 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 business and add employees and is that sure yes that is correct so right now the size of silicon in our case that you can process within the kansas state university is, is on the small side so it's on the order of 100 millimeters four inch diameter so industry that's very small industry is more in the 200 millimeter or eight inch silicon all the way up to 300 millimeter and, and bigger and so we're outfitting that facility with up to 200 millimeter processing capabilities so we can have a much higher throughput. We're still leveraging the university's facility as a test bed and R&D facility site like we have now. But some of the technologies where we're starting to outgrow that capability and, and needing to have more throughput because our lead times are stretching out too long or our costs because of using smaller silicon is too high uh, we have grown in the sense that we have higher throughput at that new facility. So you talked a little bit about your contracts with, with the government, with federal government, DOD. So in addition to the federal government, who are some of the, what are some of the industries that you serve? Primarily right now we're servicing nuclear power industry. We're servicing various industries that service the government to some extent. So they'll build instruments for industry as well as for government, radiation detection instruments. But we also make different types of diodes, and those diodes go into different types of equipment. Uh, one of the things that we're starting to get into and seeing as a bigger market share is, is power electronics. And so we're looking at putting together IGBTs, power MOSFETs, and this power diodes in general. And that fits within the kind of market movement with regards to EV, electric vehicle type of technologies and the expansion, even within the state of Kansas with Panasonic coming here. So that was what I was going to ask you. So with some of the money that's being put into chips and, and both federally and then 
Now the state is developing kind of a strategy around around semiconductors, microchips. What? How do you fit into that, or how do you think RDT can fit into that? Sure, where would we would be fitting into the front end of that front end, meaning we're taking silicon or semiconductor materials and we're turning those into devices, and then we partner or leverage other vendors, Integra Tech down in Wichita being one of those mm -hmm. to package that technology. Then after packaged, you know, it goes either into uh, various types of distributors or it goes into end products, vehicles, technologies for radiation detection uh, and medical applications. There was, I was reading an article on the uh, semiconductor industry in the United States and they had a, a map and they showed all the made, it said major company expansions in the last year. And, and uh, of course, the one in Wichita was on there, but you all were on there too. So yes, I thought that was interesting. You all are getting some recognition, yep. obviously nationally for some of the work that you're doing. And there's more that's going to happen. I think EMP Shield wants to put in a facility, Burlington, and, and then uh, there's another facility that's potentially going to come in here pretty soon to uh, the Heartland area. It's exciting. But you all, of course, are in the middle of that as well. So, yes. so a lot of people may not realize that you're you're in that same space and and getting the same recognition as some of these larger companies. So, speaking of that, you were recognized by the uh, Kansas Department of Commerce uh, as a state wide winner of the 2022 Business Innovation Award. What what did this award mean for RDT, both internally and then externally in the marketplace? Yeah, I think internally it was validation of all the effort that the team and all the folks at RDT has put in over the past eleven years. So there's there's a lot of work that goes into R&D innovation, and it can get stressful. There's a lot of failures before you actually have that final success. And so when people talk about innovation, you're usually excited about the new things that weren't available back then and available now. But all that effort it took to get there, uh, it's a lot of stress. And so validation, you know, awards saying, hey, we recognize all your hard effort at RDT, RDT as a whole. That was fantastic. So your second question, looking at how industry looks at it from, you know, the outside in, you know, that recognition and putting that recognition forward proves to industry that we are innovative, that we are making innovative technologies. And it actually allows them to take a harder look at what we're doing. You're a company, basically, if I'm, if I'm understanding right, that was set up as a research company that's kind of grown into manufacturing. That's so, right. So how much, what percentage of, of your work now do you think is manufacturing versus research? So I would say probably, depending on orders this year and whatnot, but we are on the order of 60% R&D, 40% re, um, commercial. And so we're pushing to try to, by 2024, do 50-50. And then eventually swing where we're doing 80% commercial work and commercial production and 20% R&D, just to make sure we're always on that leading edge of technology. The new facility helps you grow that manufacturing. Oh, base. definitely. And, and we didn't talk about it. It's, it's located. You mentioned that you that you had a farm on Lake Elbow Road. It's actually located it's on, Lake, yeah. on your farm. Yeah. And that's like a stepping stone. So that's that's a... 10,000 square feet. Right now it's 8,000, but we have plans to expand to 10,000 square feet. After that, our plans is to go a little bit further out into Pot County and build a much bigger facility with much more semiconductor processing and semiconductor materials growth. So we do that as well. And that's something new and important uh, within the state. There's very few people in the United States that does that 
type of work. And actually, Canada and China are, are primarily the ones that do that. And so we're we're trying to do that now as, as well. And so that facility, we're hoping to, in the next eight years or so, get that off the ground. That one's exciting to me because it's a bigger facility. It's higher production, as well as we're hoping to maybe look at solar and putting in a big solar plant to, to service that and be very lean and green. So why is the Manhattan region good for that kind of operation? Many reasons. So the culture, first and foremost around here, is very good to people. And so there's good amenities to folks. Folks are nice to each other. There's space. People don't get overcrowded. The traffic's not bad. So that's first and foremost. Second, we have Kansas State University, and KU is not that far away either, as well as University of Missouri, Kansas City. It's not that far away. So we're able to capture employees and bring them here. And then third, we're near a military base. And so there's a lot of veterans that are transitioning from service into um, essentially lot different things that they can work on outside of the military service that they've done. And we hope to work with them and, and leverage VA as much as possible to, to grow them. So you mentioned a minute ago you were up to 17 employees. Is that right? Correct. Or you, okay. Yeah. So are you um, looking to hire new people? And if you are, what kind of employees? You, you mentioned a little bit about working with veterans and working with students. I mean, what, what kind of employees are you, are you targeting? Sure. Over the next three to four years, we're looking hopefully to hire 10 to 15 more people, at least to grow to be about that size. And then after that, we're going to do another ramp up. But the type of people we're looking for are folks that have initiative and attention to detail. And we do a lot of on-the-job training. And so we don't expect people to, to come in and know exactly how to, to process semiconductors or grow semiconductors or you know, work with chemicals or do testing. So because of that, you know, we expect somebody to come in and we, we hire quite a few technicians as well. They don't even have a you know, college degree, uh, but they've been very helpful and very good on the job. So we are planning to hire many types of folks that have initiative. Uh, a little bit about the business expansion. I know uh, you came to see us again a couple years ago and and work with George Kant on our team, and then also Pot County Economic Development and Kansas Department of Commerce, and and um, were able to put together a deal that that kept you uh, in the region and and growing here. Um, how did that collaboration help uh, you you through that process? I would definitely say it opened our eyes to resources that were available to us that we weren't aware of. And that would be one of the biggest things. And also when we have problems in our expansion in terms of, you know, either real estate or utilities or not getting things done the way we want it done, we reach out to George and the rest of the team and they're on it. And definitely the chamber here is very helpful, has been very helpful to help us understand how a lot of these programs work and get us in contact with the right people. And that's one thing, and I know you you don't want to talk a lot about this, but you had other options, right? I mean, there were other places you could have gone and there were other communities yes. that were actively engaged in trying to convince you to move there. Yes, still are, but uh, I don't. I think they're going to have a really uphill battle to get us out of Manhattan. Well, so. I appreciate hearing yeah. that, and I'm, I'm glad that our team was able to help. What else can we do as a community to support RDT's growth in the Manhattan region? Uh, the, you're already doing a lot, but I would say infrastructure. It, it continue to improve infrastructure within the Manhattan area, everything from roads to utilities to 
uh, resources of various types. And so being able to draw employees here and keep employees here is very important in general for any town. Uh, so I think having those amenities, having better utilities and infrastructure, I think will definitely help. Well, thanks for the those comments. So I'm going to end our, this part of our interview with just, it's kind of an interesting question because there's, we asked you a lot of questions and you gave a lot of descriptions about what you do. But if you were sitting down with somebody like me, who's uneducated in your business and you had a minute to say, this is radiation detection technologies and this is what we do. How, how would you describe that for the lay person? So it's it's really not as technical as, as it seems. Uh, when you really dig into it, it's something where at RDT, we primarily focus on taking raw materials and turning them into functional devices. I'm not sure how to go too much more yeah. lay than that, but uh, it's it's pretty straightforward once you start to to invest some time in understanding how you can make them you know out of bulk silicon sand mm -hmm. taking sand out of the ground and, and turning that into a semiconductor and then turning that into a device that you know operates your cell phone appreciate that so we're moving into the rapid fire section where we're going to learn a little bit more about steve um and so it's more about you and less about the company um, but we have a series of 10 questions and there, and we'll ask them in rapid fire succession and try to answer them as quickly as you can. You think you're ready for that? I hope so. So here we go. First question. If you could only watch one movie or television show for the rest of your life, what would it be? Sword Art Online. I'm sorry? Sword Art Online. Okay. You're going to have to help me. I'm not familiar with that. It's an anime. Oh, okay. And, uh, it's one of those ones that, uh, in many ways, touches different thoughts in my mind. So it's been something that I've enjoyed over the years, and I tend to always go back and rewatch it quite a bit. We say rapid fire, but but that's we get a chance to let people expand let me on, explain expand yeah, on yeah, things, throw so, people off a little bit, yeah. right? Okay. So, do you prefer working remotely or in the office? Oh, definitely in the office. And I can tell you right now exactly. We've dealt with some remote where it doesn't work, and it really is better to have folks in the office communicating like we are right now, person to person, a lot more gets done. I think there's a lot of hidden body language that people aren't aware of that you just don't see over the the camera or, or just talking on the phone. So we have a lot of cases where we can sit down or meet in the hallway for five minutes and get stuff done that it usually may take an hour to do online. And then less distraction. I'm hopeful we're moving back into that mode. Uh, yeah, we have to be in that mode. We have lab space. We have to have people down there. You can't do semiconductor processing from home. Uh, if you could go back in time for a day, what day would you go to? Uh, the first day of life. Interesting. I'll let you expound on that a little bit. Uh, just curious how it all started. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, no one's answered that before, but that is a really good answer. Uh, what job did you want as a kid? Oh, definitely an astronaut. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I had aspirations to be an astronaut, applied a couple of times. They didn't see me. And then I was like, you know what? I maybe just try to build my own rocket. Then they go. came out with a movie where a farmer decided to build his own rocket. And so now it's already done. So I can't. That I can't actually didn't that. happen in real life. You could go ahead. Maybe and I could try. That. You could do that. Yeah. What was your first job? Farming. Outside of that, my first like got a paycheck and had to pay taxes job was Schultz Construction here in town. Uh, what is your favorite or funniest workplace memory? My favorite, and it doesn't sound great, but, and this happens even recently, but we have failure after failure, after failure, after failure, and a lot of failure. And then when we finally get it figured out, it's just fantastic. Just the elation, the celebration, 
it just recently it happened and it's just a great thing. It's just a great feeling. Being, you know, you have to have a certain perseverance when you work in, in semiconductor and, and when you work in innovation, you, know, you got to have that fortitude to just keep putting one foot in front of the other because it's just never going to work. You think that at least, and then all of a sudden you figure it out and it's just great. Who inspires you the most and why? Uh, so this is not necessarily a person, but in general. So people with a can-do attitude, and that's K for can-do. So Kansas can-do. And uh, every time I see somebody that's doing an excellent job at their job and they're on top of it, they understand what they're doing, this makes me feel so much better about what I'm doing. It makes me want to try harder to do a better job at what I'm doing. Uh, what is your most prized possession? My mind. Again, that's not an answer we've heard before, but that's a great answer. Where is the coolest place you've traveled? Ottawa, Canada is probably about negative 30 C yeah, when I see, was there. The, see, I always have said, anytime, and our producer Dave Lewis can tell you, I always say, I assume they mean the most interesting, not the not the coolest temperature. Yeah. Because I'm always afraid somebody's going to answer with the coolest place. And I finally quit saying that, and there you went, answered. Oh, yeah. Ottawa is definitely a fantastic place to visit. Well, what's the most interesting place you've traveled? Canada. Yeah. Now, I had to say my wife is Canadian, so. Uh, and what is the one thing that instantly makes your day better? Going home and seeing my three sons, they put a huge smile on my How face. How old are your sons? So I have one that's going to turn two here in August, and then I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Wow. That's got to be a crew. Yeah. Yeah. It, their mother is sometimes pulling her hair out, but uh, it definitely puts a smile on my face. You know, you know that feeling, I'm sure this has happened to many of us, but when you come home and they just run to you when you open the door and put their arms around your leg. Greatest feeling in the world. That was awesome. You gotta enjoy it now. Mine's uh my son is twenty four. He doesn't do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I'm gonna I miss know. those days already. I already feel that. Well Steve, thank you for first of all, congratulations on the success of RDT. I know thank you. That it was it's been a long road and and obviously you've had a lot of fortitude sticking to it and and we're we're proud to be to see that and happening in Manhattan and be part of, of you staying here. So thank you for that. And thank you for taking time and joining us on our show today. Yeah, I want to thank you and thank Manhattan for everything they've done for us. So we're excited to grow and get bigger and do more. Great. Thanks for listening to this episode of Think MHK, a podcast produced by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. If you enjoyed the Think MHK podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and share it out on your social media channels. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce.